welcome you to the first day of our seminar on Canto 2 Overview. And this is the whole Canto 2 in three sections. We've got the yoga processes here in the beginning in, in this first lotus and uh, three different chapters, Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan or universal form, super soul meditation and worshiping Krishna in pure devotional service, change of heart. And then here we have the universal form, prayers of Shukadev, and today we're going up to chapter five. And then tomorrow we'll do the last, tomorrow morning we'll do the last five chapters. And here we have creation at the end. Welcome. And so here we have uh, chapter one, part one. Success by chanting the question at the end of first canto, Prakshadash Shukadev, what should a person about to die hear about, chant, remember, and worship? Or who? Not what, who? And uh, of course, Shukadev is answering here in, these, in this first section, and it is to chant the holy name of the Lord. So we are having lessons here. The first lesson here is uh, we should learn how to prepare for the next life. Hear Krishna Katha, chant the holy name. So then at the end of the picture, I'll ask you what lesson did you learn? So first lesson is to learn from Parikshit how to prepare for the next life. So he had only seven days, but we need to hear every day. She might bump with him, because we have more than seven days. We don't know how long we have. Well, hopefully we have more than seven days. Uh, we don't really know, but one of my godbrothers, Pushta Krishna Maharaj, just got the notice of seven days to live. Yeah, yeah. So imagine. <laughs> and he's still active. He's, you know, speaking, writing. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. He's got cancer. And so we don't know. We don't know. I'll read verse 5. If you all, if you at all desire to be free from misery, hear about the Supreme Personality. Glorify and remember the Supreme Soul, the Supreme Controller and Savior of all. So that's what this is here. Uh, you want to be free from death and chant Hare Krishna. Chant the holy name. Here Srimad Bhagavatam discuss Bhagavatam. This is a doubtless and fearless way of now becoming free from miseries. So here's the second lesson. By chanting and hearing about Krishna, we become free from miseries and achieve perfection at the end of life. So then I'll read verse 11. By constant chanting of the holy name, no doubt, no fear, success you'll gain. Great souls do chant, and so should you, whatever it is you desire to do. So this is the essence of this section here, success by chanting. Then the second section, developing a service attitude. So Shukadeva is urging Maharaj Pariksha to use his remaining time wisely. Example is King Kadvanga Maharaj, who had a minute, a minute to live and he rushed down to the deities and left his body. He rushed down back to earth to worship Krishna. There was one Russian lady who found out she had cancer in Bombay. She went to the Bhaktivedanta Hospital and they said, well, you have a month to live. And so she just came to Vrindavan and within two days she left her body. And she was just outside chanting in the open air. She wasn't in the hospital or hospice or anything. So we don't know. We don't know. Poverty, my god sister just left, Lavangalitik. Jai, welcome. We're having an overview of Ganto 2. And the first lesson, well, they'll tell you we're learning lessons here. Um, and here he recommends Om. You can see somebody chanting Om here. This one down here. This yogi is, is chanting Om. Om is an impersonal call. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. So the pure devotee, he knows how to convert everything into spiritual energy. Here's Lord Chaitanya here. It's coming somehow in the ears of this non-devotee. 
He's so lucky that uh, it's coming. So they have a, a pantheism. The, the people believe that nature is God, and I think some of the people who came this weekend had that philosophy. They worship nature. They're nature worshipers, and they're feeling like uh, the tree is God, the dog is God, the grass is God, everything is God. But we have, there's a spiritual pantheism. Yes, God is everywhere in everything, but everything is not God. He's, he's there. He's in the heart of the tree and, and the heart of the blade of grass. But that doesn't mean that everything is God. So we have our spiritual pantheism. And this is being taught in this chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam. So we learned some lessons here, what were the lessons that we learned in this chapter? Learned a couple of lessons. Yes, use this life. Learn from Pariksit how to prepare. What else did we learn? To become free of fear, chant. Chant Hare Krishna. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Doubtless and fearless way of success. Now here's the second part of this chapter. The planetary systems are here. You can see them here in the universal form of the Lord. And uh, this Sharupa is a challenge to the atheists who manufacture their own gods. And it's a favor for the demons who demand to see God as proof of his existence. They can visualize the Visharupa and clean, clean the heart. But actually, to realize the Lord through universal form meditation, you must have a service attitude. So here we see different parts of the universal form. The sun is his eye. The mountains are his bones. The ocean is his belly. Um, and here on his... So that was the lesson here. To realize the Lord through universal form, you must have to cultivate a service attitude. So the devotees, they... They worship the Lord by using everything from the universal form in his service. That's how the devotees connect everything to Krishna, by using the universal form. Okay, so what was the lesson from this picture here? I just said it, yeah. You remember it? The devotees connect to Krishna by using everything in his service. Uh-huh. Okay. They connect to his form, the universal form, by using everything in his so, so the lesson is that to realize the universal form, to realize the Lord through the universal form, come in, then you must cultivate service attitude. Okay. Now the sec. oops, we didn't finish this, sorry. We got another lesson on this side here. Here the universal form is glancing at us. And here we have demigods' parts. Oh, this is Vishrupa meditation, sorry. Where are we? Yeah, demigods. This is part two. No, it's this part. Demigods here are parts of his body. Here we see all the demigods. And then uh, this part, Vishrupa meditation. Ah. So, but before we go to there, this part here about the demigods, in, in Bhagavad Gita there's a verse that says, There's three types of people who indirectly worship Krishna. Um, there's the monist, who, and for them the Visharupa is the manifestation of the energy of the Lord, and, and the demigod worshippers, all demigods are inside the universal form, so then they can worship. Uh, and for the pantheists, everything in nature is related, so they can see how nature is related to the Lord. Now this last section here is very interesting. The smile, the smile of the Lord is the smile of Maya, actually. The, the smile of the universal form, not the smile of the Lord. The smile of his universal form. Because... The, the universal form smiles. It's the smile of, of the illusory energy. Universal smiles at you, but what's behind the smile is a set of teeth. And you get chewed by the universal form. If you're attracted by the smile of the universal form, 
then you get then the teeth start chewing you afterwards. So this is material enjoyment. You try to enjoy the universal form, the things of this world. You try to enjoy it for your sense gratification, then you get smashed. That's so there's a verse, yeah. Alluring material energy. It's the smile. Yeah, it's in this chapter. So the lesson is don't be attracted by the smiling glance of Maya. Don't be attracted because you will be chewed up afterwards. (laughs) So here we see the rivers are his veins, the trees are the hair on his body. So this is, and the animals are his nails. These animals are his nails. The planets are different parts of his body. So, um, we'll hear later on, bathing in rivers is good for the nerves. And because the the rivers are the veins of the universal form. And bathing in the ocean is good for the stomach because the um, ocean is in the belly of the universal form. So if you bathe in the ocean, it's good for digestion. Good for digestion. We'll, we'll see that again and again. So here's chapter two. This is mercy for the yogis because it's super soul meditation, Lord in the heart. So the first part is about detachment in the world of names. So we're in a world of names because the forms are always changing. The forms are always changing. Can't live in this world. So here are simple living and high thinking. Here he's drinking from the river. Simple living and high thinking. This is the, um, I'll read verse 4. He lies down on the earth for a bed. For a pillow his own arms uses instead. For utensils he has his own bare hands. For his clothes tree bark supplies his demands. Mm-hmm. So we were living like that in India. We were on the, on the floor. We didn't have beds for 18 years. We were just on a mat. Just a straw mat on the floor. Uh, so we had to do that simple living and high thinking. And here's a picture of... One Grihasta couple, this is actually a true story. They went to start a farm in, in Gujarat, and there was no house on the farm, and they were living under a tree and singing bhajan. They had a, they had a, a daughter, actually, a four-year-old daughter, and, they were, and then monsoon came, and they, were, they kept singing under the tree in the rain, and some rich man came and built them a house. <laughs> News got around. <laughs> So that's how we were in the in the early days <laughs> of this movement. Um, <laughs> this is a true story. Uh, the six Goswamis they were living under a different tree every night. So this the title of this section is detachment in the world of names. So the six Goswamis they were, they produced so much wonderful literature. So the lesson here is simple living and high thinking. Once you practice simple living and high thinking while living in this world of names. The super soul meditation is here in this second section. Um, and again, it's the service attitude is mentioned, is stressed, because if you meditate on super soul and you get darshan in your heart, you might think, oh, that's me, that I'm self-realization. So you have to cultivate a service attitude even for the yogis, they need to do that. Otherwise, they might be misled. So that's the second lesson. While meditating on super soul, must cultivate service attitude. So leaving, how to leave the material body? No, he's thinking of the lotus feet of Krishna. And all the modes are finished, the modes of nature. Thinking of Krishna, and the soul is going to Krishna. So here he's raising the life air up all the chakras of the body. Here you can see. That's how they leave, and they leave through the top of the head here. 
and then they can go wherever they want. So what's the lessons we learned in this picture here? Simple living and high thinking. I think all of you have experienced that if you've ever lived it in a shrat or <laughs> <laughs> only since this year we have heat, right? In the building. And before that it was real simple. When you're talking about there about the super soul and the heart, are you saying if we saw the super soul we might think that that was us? Yeah, I mean these yogis. We we wouldn't because we know. Okay. okay. Right. But if the yogi, see, this is for yogis, this chapter. If the yogi sees the super soul in the heart, he might think, oh, I've realized myself. Okay. Because they don't know. They don't have, they just meditate on, they don't think this is the Lord in the heart. This is some form in the heart. Okay. And what was this? So, what was the second lesson? Leaving the body. Um, about meditating on super soul. Service. Service. Yeah? Service. Service attitude again. For anything you need the service attitude, any kind of realization, you need to have the service attitude. Okay, part two. Now the yogi is leaving the body. Here he's going through. These are the different coverings of the universe here. When his, this is the devotee's method. He's chanting Hare Krishna and see the drops coming from the bead bag. He's watering the creeper in the heart and the creeper is growing up, 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 up and it's going to go to Krishna Loka. Brahma Loka to Vaikuntha. So on the way to Brahma Loka he passes through all the planets and uh, the Shishamara Chakra, navel of Vishnu and he goes back to Godhead. I'll read verse 23. Everything is based on this book, um, Canto 2, Bhagavatam Glance. A transcendentalist is not restricted because to matter he's not addicted. In all worlds thus he moves freely, unlike fruit of workers in captivity. So the, um, whatever you do by yoga can att be attained by the devotees, uh, simply by chanting and hearing. They achieve the same thing as the yogis achieve. So that's the lesson here. The devotees achieve whatever the yogis achieve. Even mystic powers. And here's the devotee at Krishna's lotus feet. No more material world here. Okay, attraction for Krishna. Here's Bhagavatam class. And the nectar of Krishna's lotus feet is dropping on everybody here. And we're so fortunate to be here. We're very fortunate to be here. So here is a devotee going to work. In the morning, got his bead bag, his tea lock. He's going to work. Before he goes to work, he's chanting his rounds. So what lesson here in this picture? Yeah? Just by chanting and hearing. Good. So, chapter 3 Devotional Service, Change of Heart. So, the first part everyone worship Lord Hari. So, there's a very famous verse here that doesn't matter if you're full of desires are free of desires, hear this one. You should, or you're liberated, you should worship the Lord. So that's the lesson. Everyone should worship the Lord regardless of his position. And if you do that, here is, Shim, he's hoping, holding on to the rope of Srimad Bhagavatam. He's getting out of the whirlpool, mm -hmm. of the ocean. And Krishna is holding Srimad Bhagavatam down here and the devotees going up on that rope. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's good to read Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, right, so Krishna Katha. Krishna Katha, everyone is, is being bound by 
the sun is taking away duration of everyone's life except those devotees who hear Krishna Kata. So second lesson, devotees who chant and hear, they're protected from death. Now others, otherwise you become like hogs, dogs, camels, and asses. So they are worshiping animal-like leaders uh, who are misleading the people, actually. University of Hawaii, there was a student asking Prabhupada, what harm is there to become a dog? In the next slide. Prabhupada said, you have my blessings. <laughs> Not good for that student. So Prabhupada said, this is the university education. The student said, I'll forget my past life. But no. So here, the last part is pure devotional service. Those who have ears like snakes, and this should be a tongue like a frog. Um, they do not glorify the Lord. If you're wearing a heavy turban on your head, or something heavy on your head, unless you bow down to the Lord, it's just a burden only. If you have eyes like peacock feathers, you don't see the Lord, then it's, it's useless. And if you haven't taken the dust of a pure devotee on your head, then it's like you're a dead body, although breathing. And if you don't feel ecstasy while chanting the holy name, then your heart is like stone. So these are the verses here of Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, so what lesson did we learn here, or lessons? Let me see. One, two, two lessons. Everyone should worship. Everyone should worship Krishna. Whatever position. And Satya, same? There was one more, yeah. One more lesson. If you chant and hear about Krishna... We feel that we're so lucky to, to hear <laughs> chanting about Krishna and the rope comes down and we're pulled out of the... Yeah, yeah, right. You got the picture, yeah. Protected from time and death. Good. So a little bit more about using your hands. If you don't use your hands in the service of the Lord, they're like you're like a dead body. So Prabhupada says, the more you clean the temple, the more your heart becomes clean. And the more you dress Krishna, you become beautiful. Mm. So Krishna is already beautiful, but when a devotee serves him, the devotee becomes beautiful. When he dresses, feeds, gives him flowers, Krishna smiles. And if you can get Krishna to smile at you, your life is fulfilled. And talk about the devotee. Prabhupada talked about Radharani as the devotee who will help us get to Krishna. If she's pleased, so if I can, if you please Radharani, she'll say, oh, here's the devotee of Krishna. She recommends you. He's, this devotee is better than me. So this is Radharani. A lesson here, okay, a third lesson. You cannot worship Krishna directly, but you have to go to the devotee. So here, here's somebody who is pretending to cry, but actually he is thinking about enjoying. So that means that the, the symptoms of bhava are not simply external. They're internal. That you have to be detached from material desires, use every moment in service of the Lord, Eager to glorify the Lord, attraction for living in the land of the Lord, detachment for material happiness and pridelessness. So these are the actual transcendental qualities of bhava. Does anybody remember that last lesson? Actually, here's another lesson. <laughs> Symptoms of bhava are not only external, but more important are internal. Symptoms of bhava, like cessation from material desires. Does anybody else... Remember the lesson I told you before this? Oh, yeah. Was the example of Radharani. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Satya? You have to go to Krishna through the devotees, exactly. Right. So then, chapter four Process of Creation. So Pariksha is asking a lot more questions here about different, different things. These are all his questions. 
And devotees purify fallen souls. Okay. So, I, I, well, I do have some questions. How does the Lord create the universes? How does the Lord engage his energies in maintaining and destroying? Does the Lord direct the modes of nature, or does he do this work through his expansions? So those are his questions. And here, devotees purify fallen souls. Now, Shukadev is first, now he's going to offer prayers. These are the prayers of Shukadev. Before he speaks Bhagavatam, he's begging for um, empowerment. He's begging for empowerment. And Prabhupada says, the devotees of the Lord, when they're speaking or um, don't think they can do anything independently, they can only speak what Krishna gives them, induces them to speak. So we should, before we speak or do any service, we should pray for blessings before we do any service. That's the lesson here. Um, we should get into the habit of praying before we study Bhagavatam. So then 15, um, there's a verse, 14, 15. It's about chanting, hearing, remembering, and seeing. Even if you don't, if you can't chant, Prabhupada said, just come and sit in front of the deity and, and look at the deity. You can see Krishna. That's service too. And another, it's, one, it's an extra one besides the nine processes, is seeing Krishna. <laughs> come and see him. And another way to see Krishna is to see the book. Prabhupada said, let them see the book. And that will purify him. So I'm going to read verse 18 of chapter 4. Verse 18 is here about, here we have a Muslim offering obeisance, a Chinese person. It's about all the different um, people of the world becoming purified by worshiping the devotee. So I'll read the verse. Those who to sinful acts are addicted can be purified, it is predicted, by taking shelter of the Lord's dear devotees. And so in this way, the Lord they please. So this lesson here, anyone can be purified if he takes shelter of a pure devotee and molds his character according to the pure devotee's direction. And another point now, verse 19, that's over here. Over here, this is verse 19. Uh, only without pretension can you realize Krishna. Um, so what are pretensions of the body? Birth, caste, wealth, education, beauty. But the real power is the pure devotee. So second lesson, Krishna is realized only by the devotees who are without pretensions. Pretension is an interesting word. Uh, it means to pretend. <laughs> Also, uh, to have something else besides Krishna as your agenda. So here, devotees purify fallen souls. That was what this is about here. Uh, devotees purifying. And the last part, praying mercy for empowerment. So he's, he wants to, he's, all of these prayers here, he ends, may the Lord be pleased with me. So he's begging for the mercy so he can be empowered to speak Bhagavatam properly. And he's glorifying the Vedic literature, which is dropping from the mouth of the pure devotee. It's coming from Krishna down to the devotees. So this is Srimad Bhagavatam coming down. Sudhisipic succession to us today. And the lesson from here is devotee wants to please the Lord and become his instrument. So, and originally this, this knowledge was given to the gopis, actually. There's a verse here, the last verse in this chapter, which explains that, um, well, the purport explains, Vishnath Chakravati Thakur says that um, originally this knowledge was nectar dropping from the mouth of Krishna and transferred to his consorts, who then understood the finer arts of music, dancing, dressing, decoration, relished by the Lord. And then it was passed in, just the same knowledge is passed down but from Vyasadeva to Shukadeva and Prampara. So there's one sentence in the purpa, very interesting. The pure devotees equally relish the nectar in the form of the profound philosophical discourses and 
in the form of kissing by the Lord, as there is no mundane distinction between the two. So isn't that interesting? We have, it's very esoteric here, and right in the second canto, uh, we've got very esoteric knowledge that uh, it's, what we are hearing is the same nectar that Krishna is giving to his consorts, what we are hearing in Srimad Bhagavatam. We are very fortunate indeed. Okay, so what lessons do we learn here? A couple of lessons. Uh, pray before doing anything for empowerment. And what was another one? Um, about pretensions. About pretensions, yeah. Only Okay, and another lesson? Uh, free of pretension, must be free of pretension to realize Krishna. And the last lesson? Prayers, yeah, that she said. She said about prayers. The last one was about. There's a difference, hmm? there's a difference between the. Oh, yeah. The nectar, right. Given to his consorts and what we're getting. That's, a, that's an extra lesson. There's one more. Devotee wants to please the Lord and become his instrument. Yeah, you, oh, you got it. So, yeah? <laughs> that's okay. But remembering means. Writing and reading <laughs> in this age of Kali. Our memories are short. That was from first canto. Good. So here we have chapter five, which is our last chapter today. We're still going to end on time, even though we got a late start. <laughs> because it's only five chapters. And now what we have here, uh, Narada's questions. Now Narada is asking Brahma, you know, it, 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 I thought you were the creator, but it looks like you're meditating on someone else. So, well, who is that? So, um, he's asking Brahma about his factual position. Could there possibly be someone greater than you? And the answer is yes. But the lesson is we should inquire about knowledge and receive it through parampara just like Narada is inquiring from Brahma. We should also inquire from the Guru. So the lesson is we should inquire about knowledge and receive it through Prampara. I'll read verse 7. You are so powerful when you create, but perhaps there is someone even more great. This we wonder when we see how so disciplined you are in austerity. Now here he is meditating. And the Lord empowers Brahma. That's here. The Lord is empowering Brahma. Somewhere here. Here he is. Here also. Brahma's getting empowerment from the Lord. He's telling. The Lord in the heart actually empowered him. So I'll read verse 11. I'm only the creator secondary, as the sunshine reflects from the stars we see. By his glance I'm invested with power to create, as the moon with sunlight does illuminate. So here we see the sun coming. Just like the sun is coming, so he's being empowered by the Lord, by the Lord's energy. So how is Brahma a creator? He's just like an engineer. He's an architect. And uh, he gets uh, the blueprint for the creation is universal form. So the universal form shows him where to put everything, where to put all the planets. So he uses the universal form as a blueprint for his creation. He's just the engineer. He's just the engineer. And it's already uh, written down by Krishna uh, how to do it. And the seeds of the planets, the seeds of the living entities are given by Krishna. The materials are given. He doesn't create the materials. The raw materials are given by Krishna. The seeds are given. The seeds of life of, of the living entities are given by Krishna. And Brahma just uses the materials and creates the different planets and things. 
So the lesson here, Narayan is the actual creator and Brahma is the engineer of creation. So here we see in verse 13, Maya is standing behind the Lord out of shame. But she's covering those of us who are in this world. Now, a very interesting lesson and in verse here in verse 13. Um, if you face the Lord face to face, you will realize his personal form. But if you look at the back of the Lord, you'll see the impersonal. So you turn your back on Krishna, you see the back of Krishna. You turn towards the Lord, you see his face. So that's a lesson. If you face the Lord, you realize his personal form. And if you see his back, you realize the impersonal form. That's a lesson here. Um, so Narayan is the actual, the Lord empowers Brahma. Narayan is actual creator. And so all, all knowledge, all yoga, or sacrifices are meant for his pleasure. Here, this, the scientist can't get past the cloud of my, he can't see the spiritual world. He's stuck here. His telescope only goes so far. <laughs> can't go too far. And so, all knowledge yoga, verse, uh, what verse is that? All knowledge yoga and sacrifices. I guess that's this one here. Veda sacrifice. Uh, demigod, everything is meant for realizing universal form. Demigods, everything is meant for realizing the Supreme Lord, Narayan. Um, so how does he, so one question was how does he accept the modes and the answer is he accepts the modes as the um, guna avatars, here's the guna avatars. He also accepts the modes as the universal form and as controller of the modes. So that way he, so I guess that would be this also here. He, he accepts as controller of the modes as the um, guna avatars, and that way in your form. So, what does mm -hmm. mean he accepts? Hmm? What does he mean he accepts? Accepts? He, yeah, that's what I was saying, what it means. I just said, he, he accepts the modes. There's a verse that says he accepts the modes of nature. So what that means is that... Um, he accepts the modes as the universal form. That's one, one answer. A second answer is he accepts the modes as the guna avatars, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. That's another answer too. That's he accepting as the controller of the modes. He's accepting the modes of nature. There are many verses in Bhagavatam that say he's accepting the modes of nature. Well, one thing we should know about universal form is that it is imaginary. <laughs> it's not it's not real. There's a verse in Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, which says that it's for the less intelligent people who cannot directly approach the Lord. So for them they have this imaginary form where they can meditate. Because the Lord has no material body, actually. But the universe of form is a material body for the Lord so that people can meditate on and make advancement because some people are attached to nature and that's their connection with the Lord. They worship nature. So for them, the universe of form will be very helpful. They see nature um, as part of the body of the universe of form. Yeah. In the eleventh canto, it say that Narayan accepts the, the creation as his body. It says that in the eleventh canto. Oh, it, it could. I know. In, throughout Bhagavatam, it, it it says things like that. He says yes. And so this this universe, it's like this: the universe of form is the, like we have a body, so the universe has a body, this universe, and the body of the universe is the universal form, and the soul of that universal form is Brahma. 
So it's actually Brahma's body also. And the super soul is, is uh, Vishnu. Huh? Yeah. That's what saying. Yeah. Tenth canto also, when Brahma prays to Krishna, he says, my body is the size of the universe. He does say that in his prayers. So Brahma is the soul of the universe. Yeah, and, and Vishnu is the super soul of, of the universal form. Yeah, so it's, it's like that. It's Brahma's body. The Lord doesn't really have a material body. Brahma's... It, Brahma, it's his body also. His body is the universal form. It's the form of the universe. <laughs> and he's the soul of it. And then there's the super soul. <laughs> it's like we have, we, ha we have a body, and then inside there is the soul and super soul. And just like we have so many different cells in our body that make up this body, so we're one of the cells in the universal form. Of, we're one of the cells there. One little... <laughs> little cells <laughs> and we have a purpose to serve for the, the whole universal form that's funny yeah it's very funny <laughs> think who we are what is our position in the universe yeah so we're, we're part of it so that's it so this, we have like we have cells that are alive yeah in our body with souls you know yeah and similarly, we're those cells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Maria. Yeah. Okay, so what lessons we got? Oh, I don't think I told you the second lesson. That's all right. There's so many lessons here. One, two, three, four. So lesson number four, I'll tell you now, and you'll forget it by the time we say the other three. Um, all knowledge, yoga, and sacrifices are meant for achieving the Lord and for pleasing Him. And so that's over here up the top, verse 15. Everything is for pleasing Him. Okay, what other lessons? We had three other lessons here in this picture. Take knowledge of Knowledge from Prampara. Good. You must inquire about knowledge and receive it through parampara. Another lesson. Okay, go ahead, Shilavati. You never said it. Uh, Lord Brahma is the engineer. Mm -hmm. He doesn't actually... Uh, Narayan creates, but Lord uh, Brahma is the engineer. Engineer, good. Okay, good. We got the first two lessons. Oh, yeah? Two, what? two more. Satya. If you face Krishna, if you face Krishna directly face to face, then you realize his personal form. Personal form. If you see his back, then you realize his personal form. Does it mean if you turn his turn? Turn your back, yeah. Then you'll see his back, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, good. Now the last picture. Uh, sarga. So that's the first creation um, from subtle to gross elements and how it's animated. Is Vishnu. When he breathes out, everything comes. And the universe has come from his body. The planets come from his breathing. And all the parts are there. All the parts, different bodily parts come out. And ego. And then here we have the senses and the sense objects. Sense of, of touch, sight, and taste, and smell, the earth. These are the different elements and, and the senses that go with them. So this is coming from Karadakshai Vishnu Mahatatva. This is the first original creation of the elements. And then here Vishnu enters the elements here as Karadakshai Vishnu in each universe. And uh, I'll read verse 34. 
all the universes in the water for eons were situated. Then he entered them all and they became animated. <laughs> yes. I like that poetry. <laughs> yeah, it's Bhagavata actually. She wrote that. So, Yavadak um, Shai Vishnu enters each and every, every universe, bringing the living entities with him. Um, and for over 1,000 years, they lay on the ocean. And uh, then he manifested his Vishwarupa. After bringing, entering the universe, then he, he manifested the Vishwarupa. Okay, we didn't have any lessons in this picture. But we can stop here if you have any questions. You can ask now. Trying to understand the creation. Mm -hmm. so all of the from from Manifestation's breathing, all the universes emanate. Yeah. And then we saying there then that all of those things are within that already, all of those body parts and senses, they're all Well no, they they come after. They come after. Yeah. First um Mahatatva is here. First from first thing after he impregnates Jirga, then Mahatattva is the first thing that comes, and time, and then the modes come. And then after the modes come, then the senses, from the mode of, from fa then false ego comes after the modes, it's over here. And then we have false ego in the three modes. So from false ego in goodness comes intelligence and the demigods. From false ego in passion comes the mind and the senses, these um, senses. From false ego in ignorance comes the elements and the sense objects and the sense of touch, <coughs> all the different things to come. So it's a gradual process in the beginning of creation. Yeah, these come. Here's, yeah, this is mode of passion here. This is mode of goodness, mode of passion, mode of ignorance. So that happens separately from the universe is emanating? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that happens separately. The same time universes are emanating from his body and laying on the causal ocean. Mm -hmm. At the same time, he's, he, as soon as he impregnates, a second thing that's going on, he impregnates Maya with um, three things, karma, jiva, and time, kala. Kala, karma, and jiva, or he impregnates. And then once he does that, then this mahatattva is the first thing that comes. Then time, and then the modes, and then from the modes, these, all these things expand. And then the universes, meanwhile, are laying on the Kasa Ocean, then he goes into the universe, with the living entities. He brings living entities with him into the universes and their karma and time. That all goes. When he expands, then he brings everything with him into the universe. And then when, when does Lord Brahma then do his Yeah, that's uh, coming tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, that's called Visarga. That may even not come tomorrow. It may not come until Canto 3. It's tomorrow. Again, it's um, Prush, it's uh, Visharupa, and then incarnations. Yeah. Yeah, then after that, see, there's three expansions of Vishnu. There's Maha Vishnu, and then all this, this simple creation here. And then Garbhadakshai Vishnu, and then uh, everything happens in the universe, and Brahma is born. And then when Brahma is born, then that Shirdakshai Vishnu comes, the third expansion. And then all the planets, all the demigods, everything is manifest before that. Before that, they're not manifest, actually. They're on the subtle. They're not on the gross forms. Jeeves are in there, but nothing's... No. Nothing's. No, they don't have their bodies until Brahma creates. Wow. 
<laughs> now the third creation is Visarga, and that's when everybody gets their planets, the places to live, and their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is a lot of our fortune due because our Lord allows it pure devotee? Yeah, we are fortunate. We are fortunate that our Brahma is pure devotee, head of the Sampradaya. And can that be if there's a universe where Brahma is not a pure devotee, then things may not go so well? Mm, I don't know, because Krishna still appears in that, and Lord Chaitanya appears in that universe too. In all the universe? Yeah. So, uh, I don't think they, he needs to depend on Brahma. I don't know if all the four Sampradayas are in the four universes. I don't know about that. If there's Brahma Sampradaya in every universe, that's a good question. But, um, yeah, some of the Brahmas are not pure devotees. But then it wouldn't be good to go to Brahmaloka because you go wherever Brahma goes. If you live on Brahmaloka, then you just go, when he dies, you go where he goes. You follow him. So, are there loads of Brahma Lokas then? Yeah, and there's unlimited universes, so okay, each one has so a Brahma Loka. Okay, so the Brahma Loka is with the universe. Yeah, each universe has... So has it's not just with the material world. I thought there was one Brahma Loka in the material world. No. Okay. In our universe, we have our Brahma Loka. Okay. Every universe... Mm -hmm. And he's the, he's the smallest, only four heads. We heard that in so you didn't read Chaitanya Charitamrita. There's uh, one Brahma has a hundred heads, a thousand heads, a million heads. We got the smallest universe. You could watch a lot of things with a million heads. Yeah. Yeah, a million heads, my God. How can you keep then, track? Then probably some of the universes are bigger than other universes. Yeah, exactly. That's why he needs it. Mm. Uh, we got the smallest universe. Even small to manage. Manage. I mean, can't even, yeah. still can't even. <laughs> yeah, to manage everything, he needs a million wow. heads. What else could you have in the universe? <laughs> when, you learn yeah. it, when you learn about the creation, everything is so organized, like highly yeah. organized. Yeah, highly organized. And it seemed like then, like society and civilization should be highly organized because everything is. Yeah, if they would follow, yeah. if they would follow the Lord's plan, then it would be highly organized. But they don't follow, so it's clashing. Mm. It's clashing. They don't follow the Lord's plan. When Yudhisthira was king, then everything was smoothly running. Mm. So the there would have been like a very high degree of organization yeah. in society. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was following, doing their duties. Everyone has a service for the universal form, so everyone was doing their service. And the body was healthy. Okay. <laughs> now everybody's fighting, so it's disease of the body. Disease of the earth, disease of the universe of form. Even the demigods suffer. Yeah. I heard I heard it said before that in the spiritual world is a it's very highly organized as well, that everybody has yeah. a very specific way that they serve and train to do it and it's not just yeah. Like whimsical. It's not whimsical, no. But it is spontaneous at the same time. <laughs> not here. Like here, it's it's either spontaneous or it's mechanical. Mm. But there, it's spontaneous and at the same time. But it doesn't mean you don't have your intelligence. You know, you you have spiritual intelligence. It's not like you lose your intelligence. You you use it to please Krishna. Mm. Any other question? Yeah, just go 
time, just going back to something, I'm not even sure whether I, I, I grasped it or not, but you were saying that when we're reading these books, it's the same as what the residents of this of Rindavan have in a personal relationship that's with Krishna. Right. Yeah, that's what it says. Okay. The Canto 2, Chapter 3, Verse 25, I think. Two, uh, 24. Verse 24. 24. Yeah. So, um, Four. does that mean all the residents in Vrindavan have all this knowledge? Or I thought it was that they didn't really want to know anything. Yeah, they about don't. This. Yeah. But it says the knowledge they get in the form, the, the form the knowledge takes for them is the 64 arts. That's what Prabhupada says in the purport music, dance, art. That's what they. That's the form the knowledge takes there. But they do know. They do know about the incarnations, and they know. About they know about Krishna's incarnations. Sometimes they talk about that. And they chastise him. You were cruel when you were Lord Ram. <laughs> it's a lot to understand, isn't it? All of those. But they just there's a different process for them to get knowledge than we have. They don't go to Guru Kula. Yeah. And all of those arts and things, because yeah. here in this world you associate that different things with different varnas. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have varnas. Spiritual world, there's no, it's not like that. <laughs> and dance and music and things. Yeah. It's very hard to understand. Well, if you look at Krishna book, what are the 64 arts? I mean, they're very. A lot of them are very scientific, they're literary, drama also is there, learning different kinds of gems, gemstone, and uh, writing poetry. And Making the animal sounds. Huh? Making the yes, music is there. Animal sounds. Oh, animal sounds, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's different languages, yeah, languages. It's all there. <laughs> How to decorate a bed. <laughs> How to decorate a bed. Okay. How to decorate, decorate a bed. A bed that's what I With flowers. Making mandala. Mandala, yeah. 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 So we have something to look forward to. <laughs> music or music dancing. Drama. But they don't, that Krishna gives that to you. It's not that you have to, like here, if you want yeah. to perfect an art form, you've got to study it and practice it. Yeah. And, no, there, and it, there it's easy. There it's, it's just given. Yeah, it's, it's natural. Just, so it's just given. That's amazing. <laughs> now, they, you do get training um, yeah. uh, uh, when you go there, mm. according to your different, I mean, but what's the training? Learning how to play like a cowherd boy. And dance and <laughs> learn how to play ball. And <laughs> Would you get trained how to cook? You might get trained. Cooking, yeah. I don't hear. I don't hear all the card boys. They don't cook. They just eat. Mm. Train how to eat. <laughs> Nobody. In our apprenticeship on Inishrat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in Inishrat, you train how to eat. <laughs> I know, 20, 20 years ago when I first came here, it was, you know, we've got all these sweets and nobody to eat them. <laughs> 19, I came in 1999, first time. And Arjuna was saying, what do we do with all these sweets? <laughs> yeah, now it's, we got more people. That time was like three, four. bigger. <laughs> Come to Inishrath and eat for Krishna. Eat for Krishna. <laughs> I remember the Sankirtan boys, Premanas, yeah, they were traveling all the time and they were like so austere, like were, their surface, they were doing so much austerity. And then they'd come here and they'd say, you know, we can go out and we can do all these things, but can you survive the Inishrath breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Okay. Any more questions? Then so just one yeah. More. Okay. When the yogi sees um, the super soul, and you were saying, you know, he could think it's him. So is there yeah. no? Is there no bliss when they see when a yogi sees the super soul? Yeah, there's bliss, but it's the it's the it's Brahmananda instead of Sevananda. It, the, there is happiness in Brahmananda, but it's just that you're free from your miseries. It's not like you're happy in a relationship. Uh -huh. okay. So yeah, they feel the bliss of Brahmananda merging. Yeah, yeah, it's impersonal. That's why service attitude is so important. Okay. Jai. Maglaisya Prabhupada. See you tomorrow morning at Bhagavatam class time, 7.30. Breakfast afterwards? Yes, right. Right, right. Okay. Maglaisya Prabhupada.